Hello, everybody. Casey Bazaya, creator of Slacky Brown here. Thank you so much for uh, jumping on and joining the show today. It's a very special episode. We have uh, Robert Maillet came on for a long interview, um, also known as Kurgan from his days in the WWF, uh, now an actor. He just had a movie come out with Kevin James and uh, Joel McHale. It's very good. I, I screened it, and I was I was blown away. Uh, Rob's part is is he's like the third lead. It's an integral part of the film and it's a very deep character. Um, I definitely recommend uh, checking out the film. It's Becky. I found it on uh, Apple TV, seven bucks in and out less than two hours. You'll definitely enjoy it. Um, Yeah. So we're going to run this in two parts. Uh, It was a very long interview. Rob was generous with his time and we probably could have went for longer, but uh, we called it at about the 90 minute mark. So we're going to try and split it up into two episodes here and I hope you guys enjoy. So uh, we have Robert Maillet here. Thanks for joining the show, man. Thank you for having me. Uh, so I just screened uh, Becky last night, and I was blown away. I was really uh, surprised with how good it was. And you had like an integral role, and it was a um, it was a really deep character that you played. Uh, what was the filming of Becky like, and uh, how was how was the process of getting the part? It was fun. The whole thing was fun. Fun to film, you know. It was very, that's a very uh, great experience filming Becky. Uh, how I got the part is uh, it's funny. It's, it's been a year since I auditioned for it. Oh, really? June, and I just uh, received it from my agent. You know that it was an audition. I just uh, and I remember reading the breakdown of the character and the synopsis of the story and. Uh, and it was interesting, you know, it looked like it could, could be fun. And the role, the, I, I, I auditioned for roles like that before, you know, yeah. it's some interesting roles. Most of the time you don't get it. <laughs> That's what it is, auditioning. But I know it was, a, it was a, I knew I could play that role, uh, looking because he was very conflicted, you know, emotional, and felt terrible. Uh, killing the, the kids for Dominic and they kept button heads throughout the film. That was the kind of a synopsis of the breakdown of my character. And I knew I could do it. I knew I could play that type of role. And so I gave it my best and uh, I didn't hear from him for a few weeks. And then uh, they wanted me to do a, a certain, I got a certain call back. They wanted me to do a, a second audition with Skype. Oh, okay. With, with the directors. <laughs> Harry and Jonathan, the, 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 the co-directors. So, you know, it, which is cool. They got a callback. It's always exciting to be that close to getting the role. But also a bit nerve-wracking because it's, it's Skype live, you know? Yeah. When, when I do my auditions, normally I do it on my iPad. And you tape. You tape it. So you can take a whole day to do it. Yeah. Until you write and then you set it up. Yeah. And when you do it live. <laughs> one shot. One shot. <laughs> yeah. And also, it's like, all right. I knew I had, I had the line, and I got the emotional, you know, moments, and I needed. I understood the, the whole scene of the character, so I knew I could pull it off. They wanted me to do it in different, uh, you know, uh, 
giving me some notes, different notes to do, and see if I have range, stuff like that. And then, uh, so I did that. Uh, and then not too long after, they offered me the role. And did they have you, did they have you read with Kevin ahead of time? Going no, in? no, because originally, when I auditioned for it, it was uh, Simon Pegg was attached to it. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was still, I, uh, yeah, he was originally supposed to play the Dominic part, Simon Pegg, which would have been pretty cool too, but uh, was, he's, I'm a big fan of, of his work, you know, he's an interesting actor. Uh, and then when I got when I got offered the part, uh, I found out that was Kevin got the Dominic role because someone had to pull out because of the scheduling issues. So it was made it more interesting because Kevin is you know wanted to work with him too. He's yeah. a cool guy to to meet, you know. So no, I never met I never met him at all. Uh, when I first got there, when they flew me in. Uh, it wasn't a script reading we did, but they wanted to do a script reading, but because they had, you know, the scheduling, it's a, it was a, it's not a big uh, uh, production. I mean, like, it's a small indie film, so they're you know, constraint and budget-wise, you know, they had to do some stuff. They had to cut short, and we didn't. I, I didn't do a script reading for them, um, but I met them the day of wardrobe. Yeah, we did wardrobe. For the prison, we did some prison stuff. Uh, the outfits we did. Yeah, that's where I first time I met. I, first, I met Kevin. I met Lulu at the same time. So it was, it was pretty fun to meet them. You know, she was so, she was a powerhouse, man. I was she was a great actor. She's awesome. She's great. She's uh she's 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 a rising star. Yeah, you know. I mean, I remember when I was eleven because she was offered role at eleven years old. Unbelievable. <laughs> They couldn't do it at the time for some reason. And then she was 13 when, they, when she filmed it. I remember when I was 11 or 13, you know, I don't, I don't think I could have read scripts and be No chance. <laughs> no chance. I was you know, doing nothing at all at 13 about just scratching my nose or something. But she's amazing. She's, yeah. she, she has the mind for it, the head for it. And, you know, she has a future, you know, she's, 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 she's a little sweetheart too, you know. Great mom, the mom. I didn't meet the father, but our mom was always on set. The uh, process of having a film released during this whole pandemic—that must have been a, a crazy experience. Was it uh, slated to have a, a theater release before the pandemic hit? No. I guess it, it was supposed to get a theater release in the summer. It was supposed to get its world premiere at the Tribeca Film Festival back in April. Yeah, I was. Uh, you know, I was looking for it. I, w I wanted to go to the premiere to meet, uh, you know, it's fun. And I, I was at the premiere, actually, a, a year ago, I was at the Polar, because I worked on Polar, Netflix Polar with Miles Mickelson, and I, was, I brought my daughter to New York, I was in, in Tribeca, in, uh, uh, in New York last year. It was, it was, it was fun, it was just yeah. fun. And I was looking forward to go see Becky in New York at the film festival. And uh, but it was the outbreak starting to, to show yeah. up north, north of New York, you know, mm -hmm. starting with that. And I think, well, maybe it's not worth it. And then, of course, the everything went shut down and really got canceled, postponed. And, uh, but you know, it, it would have been fun to see it in theaters. It's always fun to see it in theaters. Of course, yeah. Theaters, it's always, you know, that would have been cool. Uh, but, you know, it's, it, I think it's a good thing for, for, Becky, because all the big summer movies, of course, got pushed out of the summer. 
a lot of the big releases. Uh, and then you got this indie film that uh, came out on, on demand uh, and, uh, and released in 50, something 50 driving, driving theaters throughout the US. So it's a perfect driving movie. It is. And it did very, very well. I think it was, if it all goes well, if no other summer movie, big blockbusters are coming out, I think that Becky will be the, one of the top hits of the summer by default, <laughs> thanks to the <laughs> so. And not only do the audiences like it, but so far it's been a hit with critics as well. Yeah, it was surprising, you know. I uh, didn't know how the critics were going to, uh, to, to like it or not, how they were to think about the the movie you know, yeah sometimes it, when it's like gory the critics aren't you know totally bought in but I, they, they were genre type of film very particular genre you know, it's, uh, but they just seem to love the film i mean it's not surprising because everybody get their heart into it you know the directors and the actors the cast we built we believed in it you know it's it's, it's it's kind of a passion project you know i believed i be, i mean i don't know i, I don't I'm not an expert of box office predictions, you know. I, I just the experience of doing a film that would that would matter to me, you know. I knew it was going to be a fun role to play, fun cast to work with, you know. It's, I had a great time in it, but who knows if if it's going to do well at box office? You, you don't, you can't predict that. You can't choose movies about if it's going to do well or not. You know? So that's not. Uh, so, you, so you've been at this for over about 15 years now, I'd say. Um, was the, the role in uh, as Apex in Becky your, your favorite role? It was certainly one of the deeper roles that you played. It is my, one of my favorite roles, absolutely. Uh, it was, it's, up, it's up there. I, I, <clears throat> it's not too much, it's not too often where I get roles, offered roles like this, for sure. I mean, when I, like I said, when I do get an uh, audition for it, I, sometimes you don't get it, you know? It's, it's a meaty type of role. Yeah. And I knew I could do it. I probably, if I was offered 10 years, uh, well, 10 years ago, probably, uh, I probably couldn't do it. I probably wouldn't, you know. But it, it, it takes time and experience, and, you know. My experience of working in films in a short amount of time in the last 15 years, I learned a lot. Uh, uh, you, gain, you gain some knowledge and listening to other actors, watching other top veteran actors you work with. You learn from them, and you learn from auditions, and you learn. And I do, I do watch myself. Like when I was a pro wrestler, you know, I, I would watch tapes of my matches. You know, some some of them were bad. I, do, I would watch them and try to learn. You know, and the same thing with acting. I would watch my own scenes and the whole process. And you, you, you get experience and get better at it, and hopefully the next one, you know, result in a positive way. You know, so. Is there uh, one ac actor in particular or, or actress that you've uh, gave you some advice or that you've learned from watching? Advice? I don't know advice. Or just uh, watching them, watching their process, watching their, uh, what yeah, they do. I was fascinated by when, when I worked. The, the, the other role that was that can compare to Becky was a movie I did, actually it was 10 years ago, uh, the, the Big Bang. Okay. But, uh, it was the, Antonio Banderas was the lead. Mm -hmm. And I, I played this former Russian boxer who comes out of prison. He does time and then comes out of prison looking for his love of his life. 
and then uh, he hires Banderas, he's a private detective, trying to look for her, but just missing diamonds. It's kind of a compli complicated. <laughs> Great, amazing, amazing cast. Now, Banderas, the Sam Elliott was in it. Uh, oh, Snoop Dogg. I know it's, all, it's just a crazy cast. And I was kind of in the middle of it. That was kind of the heart of the story. Launch, launches the story. And he's a very emotional guy, very violent. He's a boxer, he kills people, but but he's not a bad guy, you know. Mm -hmm. He's just kind of a sociopath, but he, he does it out of love, you know. <laughs> so, so I been compared to the apex of uh, Anton very much, you know. Uh, and working with, I remember working with Antonio, how passionate and how he gets into the character. It's fascinating, you know. Every actor is different, you know. Yeah. Robert Downey is the same way. He's Robert Downey, you know, all of a sudden, in a minute, he's Sherlock Holmes with the accent and the mannerism. It's just insane to watch. And watching those table, the A-list actors, do, do, who does it for a career. Yeah. That's amazing to watch. And now you're trying to get the same vibe, the same. Mm -hmm. Like working with Kevin James, the same thing. On this film, Amanda Bruegel, who plays the, the, the girlfriend. Yeah. Of the, it's, there's the scene where she's trying to get, get me on her side. Mm -hmm. you know? On the couch, right? Because it's yeah. amazing. Rear tears coming out of her, her cheeks. And, so it's very emotional, and I get emotional too. It's, it's, it's just an yeah. amazing. You know, so it convinced, really convinced me almost to, to get it on her side. But then working with Kevin as well, the whole thing with Kevin, he's trying to get me get me back on his side. You know, the, the whole allegiance and you have that scene in the hallway, which is a really powerful scene. Yeah, I love that scene. You know, it's, it was so fun to play off against Kevin. You know, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it was we're, we, we gelled a lot, we're, you know, we got we had some good chemistry. Because he, he was kind of a father figure for me. So I, I understood that scene, the whole scenario between my character. My character was probably on the streets when I was young. Yeah. You know, and he, he, he rescued me or, or kidnapped me, I'm not sure. <laughs> but uh, so it's, yeah, it's a lot of uh, fun stuff, emotional stuff you can play around with. Kevin must have spent forever in the makeup chair getting his uh, chest tattoo. He, did. he only had to do it once because there's only one scene where yeah, that one day he had the whole plate thing, chest. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty cool. It was amazing nervous. But uh, no, he was very much into that role. You know, He looked apart, you know, he's... It was cool. He was a kind of a cool cat. He didn't go over the top. You know? And it shows like a different side of, you know, because he's like mostly a comedic actor or what you think of Kevin James as. So to see this other side, it was, I think it's going to be great for both of you guys' careers. Well, yeah, thank you. I hope so. I mean, I mean, it's, I was hoping they get more, you know, you know because of Becky, uh, they get more opportunities, you know, like the Big Bang, I'm on the, Movie didn't do so well, you know. It went up to DVD release. Yeah. But Guillermo del Toro saw me in that movie. Okay. Offered, offered me the role in Pacific Rim, and then to play the master in Strain. So he gave me the open doors for me, and I was hoping Becky would do the same. Well, I'm sure he will, but this year I'm not sure. <laughs> it's a tough time, yeah. It's a tough time, you know. Everything's on hold, and it's, it's frustrating. You know, you want to get moving, and it. You, just, you can't, you know, it's tough. It's the first one. 
So uh, like you mentioned, you were a pro wrestler in the first, you have like chapters. So in the, in the earlier chapter, you were a pro wrestler. Um, when did you know that you were going to uh, transition into, into acting? Um, some, or did know, it just happen? Well, it kind of just, it just happened. It really did kind of, the, the opportunity followed me and I took it. I, I started locally. Was in, uh, in Halifax, uh, I was wrestling in Nova Scotia, uh, and uh, an actor, a local actor, Richard Collins, he was known to be the, in the trailer park boys. He's one of the main oh, okay. trailer park boys. He was a friend of my in-laws. My in-laws lived in Halifax, and I was. He saw me wrestling. He wants to see a show of the poem, and he he. he he came up to me and said, you should be, you should do movies. Because the way I look. You have the size, yeah, of course. The way that, the, the, exactly. Yeah. And you needed a henchman, monster, bad guy. Boom. I had to look for it, at least. You know? I'm not the acting, back, acting experience, but still, you know, the imposing look. And I thought, well, that's, that's, it's something I never thought of, because I was focusing wrestling yeah. at the time. And uh, of course, acting is obviously. I knew some actors, uh, some wrestlers. Yeah, that's a path. A there at the time, you know, was probably just starting acting at the time. But still, I was aware of wrestlers becoming actors uh, that was successful. But something I never really thought of. You know, so far, it might have been a dream, a pipe dream. So yeah. far. Uh, but then, but the, then the opportunity came. So he, he, he referred me to as one of his agents in Halifax. Uh, well, okay, let's give it a try. And then I did a couple uh, auditions, a few, uh, a few auditions. I got a couple roles out of, out of Halifax. This is cool. I did something called Lex, a TV series. Uh, it's kind of a weird Star Trek with sexual windows. <laughs> <laughs> cool though, you know, it's fun to be on set, you know. It didn't feel out of the norm for me because I was used to the WWF monster. Yeah. Of, uh, you know, it's very much like a Hollywood set. The hardest yeah. scene. Wow. But you went to see Jacques Rougeau. Remember oh, Rougeau? I know. Uh, the Mountie. Mountie. Yeah. Well, I worked with him. I knew Jacques. He was a friend of mine. I worked, I worked with him in Montreal, the Quebec area. And they went to him first to see. He gave me my reference, my, my contacts to them. And then, uh, so Jacques calls me back. Maybe they were getting frustrated not getting a hold of me. So they, they, they contacted Jacques. And so Jacques calls me, asking me what's going on. Why do you call him back? And then, and then he mentions, you should call him, you should call him Bob. It's, it's Warner Brothers. You know, those two words, you know. <laughs> I will call it. <laughs> Warner Brothers. You know how big it's going to be. So I thought I blew, I blew my chance. And I thought it was good. So I called them back right away to make sure and they were still interested. Thank God. So they flew me in. They flew me in for one day to, to Montreal to meet uh, the, the producers and the uh, stunt guys, the stunt coordinators, to see if I could, to see if I was big enough, first of all, uh, to see if I could move, uh, play with a sword, wooden sword, to, to have the coordination, and how to take a fall. And at the same time, I was working a night shift job too. I was a night shift, and I didn't have I didn't, when I flew to Montreal. I didn't I didn't have a chance to sleep at all. 
So I was completely trying to stay awake, trying to focus, really. Then I was, I was thought I was going to do my, my audition from Black Asleep. But, uh, and then I, uh, the whole day, and then I met the producers and stuff, talking, uh, they needed, they, they, I remember they went into the corner of the wall of the, of the set. It was cool. There was the Spartan, the Spartan village. It was awesome to watch. It was cool to be in the Hollywood set. It was very exciting. But then they went, they, 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 they decided my fate. You know, they were, okay, give us a minute. We'll talk about, see if we're going to, you know, go for the job or not. Well, all right. So they went against the wall, talking about me. And I was in the middle of the set, knowing that it might be my last time on a Hollywood set. <laughs> <laughs> Taking so, it all in. So, and then they came back, and then they offered me, they offered me the part. This is cool. Now I had to get the time off at work, my full-time job here at home. It was kind of tricky to do, but they, my boss is always, was, you know, was very good about it. You know, he knew how big it was. So we worked it out. So yeah, I mean, that was the whole, the whole experience with Triangle was very exciting. The five hour of prepping for makeup, you know, it was, it was, that was long, but still pretty cool. Nonetheless, very cool to be part of the, the, whole, the whole thing. And, the fight sequence, working with Gerard Butler. You won an award for it. I, didn't, I don't have the award. <laughs> <laughs> he has the award. Yeah, you know, it was unexpected, the MTV award. I remember watching it live. I knew he was nominated, but I thought Borat was going to win because it was so out there. Out there, fight. yeah. But that, and then it won. You know, that was, this is cool, you know? But, uh, yeah. <laughs> It didn't go to my head. So. Yeah, so that was that's a pretty cool to have a such a memorable role for your first role, first yeah, first yeah. big time role. But the whole movie they only came out like a year later because of all the post production stuff. And when it did, it came out, it was a huge movie. It did very yeah. well. This was really, I'm very proud of to be part of the movie. That Absolutely. Is, yeah. Yes. Um, while in the WWF, you were with them for one of their most memorable runs, the uh, the Attitude Era. Yeah, you and you're part of two major stables, um, the Truth Commission and then the Oddities. And you were Robert was Kurgan then. I was Kurgan. Uh, what, what was your what was your uh, were you did you like Truth Commission Kurgan or Oddities Kurgan better? Ah, huh. uh, was it? Now that I think about it, uh, probably not at the time. I didn't really was into the audience at first. When they offered me, when they talked about the whole idea of being with the audience, I wasn't really too crazy about it. Uh, Working as a face or like the well, whole gimmick? Clown, the whole clown thing. Yeah. And I was the not dancing. into that. dancing. Yeah, I was not. I didn't, know, I didn't know how I was going to get into that. Was uh, when they brought me in as a part of the Truth Commission. You know, it was this shield monster, posing guy, yeah, posing yes. that, yeah, that guy, monster. And then Kurgan with the jackal. Of course, it's so organic there. You know, if it doesn't work out, I was trying to learn, trying to adapt, trying to figure out how to get over there. It's hard. It's not easy. It's a big machine. Of course, yeah. So it's so com very competitive as well, and you're trying to get attention, trying to get connected with the crowd. I did my best at the time, 
but you know, my direction there went like like this. And for for a little while, I was on hold. They didn't know what to do with me. And then uh, we were at WrestleMania 14. WrestleMania 14 with uh, Austin. Austin uh, Shawn Michaels. And uh, and Tyson. Tyson, yeah. yeah. For free, it was in Boston. And of course, you can bring your wives for, for, for the show. Yeah. And I brought them down. We had an after, a WrestleMania after party. It was a party for WrestleMania with all the boys and the wives. And uh, my wife loves to dance. You know. So I I will dance with her. I don't dance usually. I'll dance with her usually. So she asked me to dance, which I did. Went on the dance floor, but then I realized I was the only one one of the boys who would dance on the floor. All the boys were sitting down on the table, just with their jaw open, <laughs> this freaking giant dancing yeah. on the floor. And then uh, and then Vince. Apparently Vince saw me dancing as well. So you should never dance in front of your boss. It's nothing against you. He's only he couldn't get out get out of his mind seeing a dancing giant. So uh, I got a call from. It's funny though. I got a call not too long after because I, I like I said was kind of in limbo with them. wasn't sure. wasn't on TV a lot, so I wasn't sure what was going on. And I got a call from. Uh, my wife, I remember telling me, you got, there's a call for you. Vince is on the phone. Vince? Vince? And you, in your mind, you're thinking it's McMahon. Yeah. Vince Russo. Russo. So I was like, you know, okay, Vince. And then you get a call, and then I recognize his voice. It was Russo. Yeah. But Russo never calls me. I never got a call from Russo. Why the hell does, why would he call? You know? yeah. And he pitched me the, the whole oddities thing. And then that's that's what comes from Vince, you know. This, it came from McMahon, from the whole origin of the oddities about this fun-loving group. Now we were the human oddities. That's right. I was part of the oddities with uh, John Jackal. That's yeah. what they brought Silva. But it was kind of a more a heel faction. Mm -hmm. When he pitched me, it was the whole fun-loving group. You guys were over. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Thank God we did. We were over. We weren't sure if it was, it was, if it was going to get over. You know, because it was, I, they pitched me the idea of singing Miss America to Luna, dressed up as a princess, and me and Silva in tuxedo on, on, on Monday Night Raw taping in San Diego. And, and, and I wanted to say no, but I said, oh, sure. It's an opportunity, right? <laughs> if I wasn't going to say no, they're probably going to fire me. Right? So, so I, I remember that day we were doing rehearsal. They gave me the page of uh, Miss America about the whole the lyrics. And I had to memorize it the whole day. Oh, I, was a, I was a bit nervous. I had to sing in front of 25 people. Plus, yeah. they, you know, seen around the world, you know. And I was like, my God. It, it worked out. It worked, it, it worked out. It really did. When it, I remember it, funny came, went through the curtains start singing, I'm not a good singer, you know. Certain songs I could sing, my, my voice, but not that particular song. I kept missing, you know, forgetting the lines or the, the lyrics coming down the ramp. It didn't matter, that was the whole, that was the Yeah, whole it kind of helped. Exactly, it was, that was the joke, that was the whole thing. And it got over, yeah, over time it did, you know, we got some great music too from the ICP. So people really got along with the music. And then Sable came, came down with us. Yeah. Sybil, 
too was she was older and then she said so she was with us you know with our part of us our team which helped us a lot you know so we, what's the best time well true commission launched my career in the wwf you know the, the my introduction and the oddities people were we were pretty busy for sure we got we got some great opportunities to be in a career view SummerSlam. We we're, were on the road a lot. We were in the, the, the cover of the, the, the WWF. Movie. I, I remember as a kid, you said that. Yeah. That issue. And, we were, and we had our music. We were part of the Volume 3 uh, the CD. Theme music. Yeah, for, so it was all good, you know. I, I knew it was not going to last. It was not a short time. But it was fun, though. It's, I, I got into the, the whole Kurgan Yeah. <laughs> I got into it. it was, you um, wrestled a bunch of legends throughout your your run there in WWF, now WWE, um, Undertaker, Legion of Doom. Uh, what what matches stick out to you the most? Um, well, what you mentioned, Taker, the Undertaker, uh, and the Legion of Doom was pretty cool as well. Uh, but Taker, especially now lately, because he's, he just retired. Yeah. Who knows? He might come back. Too. <laughs> As you see from the documentary, you know. You, you know, you know what the thing is. You don't retire from wrestling. That's when he retires you. So. <laughs> but uh, I think he might be done. I think it's yeah. Know, his body is pretty. You know, it's, it's been through a rough time. But I, I, for me, it was always been the Undertaker. Even though it was a short match, I was always in awe of him when he when he started debuting the wrestling. Was when I was a fan. Actually, I was just starting my career in wrestling back in Maritimes. And the taker, the, I, I was a big fan when he was in WCW. Because I like big guys who can move. That was yeah. kind of, you know. And uh, so Taker was always a fan of me, Mark, and then the room became the Undertaker. So I followed his career. And then when I, when, I, when I got hired, the idea was, because I was, I was at the time, I was the biggest guy there. Oh man, taller. I mean, an inch taller than Taker, an inch taller than King. So I was really the biggest guy before before Big Show came over <laughs> and ruined the show for me. I was the biggest guy there, and so the the idea that's why they separated me when I was a truck commander. They separated me and put me as Kurgan. Yeah, I was or push right to push me to do a program with Taker on, on down the road, which was very exciting. Was that? working with the Undertaker. Yeah. Then Taker, every match I had, or TV matches I had, uh, uh, when, I, when I came back to the dressing room, he was always come up to me and give me some advice. It was very cool of him to do, you know, very nice. Yeah. And uh, for me, I was always opening my ears to him. Uh, a lot of respect for him, for sure. Uh, so I tried to listen, try to pay attention to what he said, and you know, absorb it. Uh, and then, um, and then, of course, the direction didn't go that way. Kurgan went to the oddities thing, you know. Uh, and then when my last match, when they told us we were, they were disbanding the oddities, they were not going to let us go. They were going to send me, me and Silva down to Mexico uh, to, to work as a program together and to learn more stuff, to get... Yeah, better or to get was more. it like a developmental territory for them then? No, what out of sight, out of mind. 
deal. The WWF had a deal with them. Okay. With CMLL in Mexico City. And I was not looking forward to going to Mexico City. Of course, I've been there before. Okay. First few years. It's it's so far away. First of all, I was going to be away for like a month and a half away from home because I was used to getting home every every week, you know, and then going away for five, six weeks. I was not looking forward to it. And going back to Mexico with the language, you know, of course they speak English, some of them, but it's still, it's, 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 it's you know, it's a different world out down there. And I was not looking forward to go back down. But it was, like I said, with the, with the oddities, I couldn't say no. I couldn't say no to this. Yeah. If I would have said no, they were going to let me go. So I had to go. And for a positive thing, the idea was, was going to bring me back and repack, repackage Kirby. You know? Yeah. So I, yeah, it was a, a light at the, at the end of the tunnel. Was and there I, ever any thought of going, because at that time, WCW was still a thing, uh, Monday Night It was, was, yeah. I know, I know for sure. Uh, my last match was, was with Taker. The, for, the way it was, was my Kirkin versus Taker. Remember seeing the card. And I was like, that's cool. Then I realized, yeah, I was basically going to drop out. It was mostly a glorified squash match. <laughs> it, was, it, was fine, fine. it was very memorable. I remember talking, we were going to talk about the match, me and Taker. What are we going to do? He says, he looked at me and said, I don't think about a tombstone. You know, too big to tombstone. What's this fine with me? Uh, I said, but then I mentioned, I think I mentioned why well, you can choke slam me. Yeah. I never, before that, I never took a choke slam. I usually the guy taking, you know, giving the choke slam. Yeah, giving the choke slams. Oh, exactly. So you can choke slam me. All right, let's do a choke slam. So I asked for advice. Uh, Edge, Christian, all the guys who usually take choke slam. Out, how to do a proper one. So when they can't, the whole match was short, but it was very memorable. Because I remember going in the match, going in the ring first. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. Okay. And then the lights come down, and then the fucking the bomb, and then the smoke, oh. and the picture comes out. I was like, Jesus. <laughs> like, you, you, know, you can feel I'm it. Sorry. Yeah, you feel it. You do really feel it. You know? That was pretty hard. You know, very, uh, I was in awe, you know. You realize it's not on TV. You're really in the match with him too. It's like this is mind-boggling. Uh, he comes in, do, do do a little thing where, well, he gives me a flying clothesline, which is awesome too. Yeah. You know, I, I took his his flying clothesline, which was really cool. And then his punches were so easy too. He's, he's such a light worker too. Such a professional. Uh, and then the choke slam. I went up for him. I went up for him, and he was happy at the end. Yeah, you know, the chokes. Didn't think I could go up, but I went up for it. But anyways, so the dad, and then yeah, so that's where they released us. Well, they let us, they disbanded us. Everybody came in and beat us up on the Ministry of Darkness. They destroyed the oddities, and now sending us to Mexico, and then uh, that's where they let me go. They let me go when I was down in Mexico. Well, when I came back home, for like a break, that's why I got the call and they, they let me go. What's the matter? Yeah, it was a tough, tough few days to take there. 